Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. I'm finally home from the 2019 edition of the Prague Quadrennial. I'd like to give a big shout out to everyone who organized, participated, and put their time and effort into making it happen. A lot of praise should go to the many members of the PQ team, interns, ambassadors, curators, and volunteers. On this episode of the podcast, I tried to capture some of the essence of what PQ was as I experienced it. I took the opportunity during the event to talk to some of the national and regional presenters from or near the floor of the show. Now, I was not able to talk to everyone, unfortunately. For some, it was a language barrier, while for others, it was that they didn't feel confident talking about the work and referred me to another person of their team. Scheduling was also very difficult, with many events happening near one another. This was a learning experience for me, and I need to work on being better prepared for some of the logistical hoops I needed it to get through. I am extremely grateful to the representatives from the national countries I was able to speak with, and I hope that this and the following podcast helps show how really connected we are through art, expression, thoughts, and ideas. Each interview is its own segment, so if you wish to listen to them all or one at a time, feel free. The interviewers were, in alphabetical order, Australia, Iran, Ireland, Taiwan, and New Zealand. Enjoy the show! So here we are. Um, I am currently uh, standing or kind of leaning against one of the cases in the Australian National Exhibit here at PQ 2019 in Prague. And I am joined by two of the, the folks here. Um, the first is... Uh, my name's Erin Milne and I'm producer on the exhibit. And this is... My name's Emily and I'm one of the Australian volunteers. Excellent. And. Um, I- this, uh, so to kind of give the audience a description of where we are, we're in a five meter by five meter space, and on one corner is what looks like a, a stage, and then behind it is uh, some, some costumes from the performances, as well as what look like curio cases for elements from different shows that are going to be done here, or these are just separate shows themselves yeah that's a great question so we're showcasing four different performances that happened within the last couple of years in australia um all centered around very strong solo performances so um our exhibition hangs around this notion of the guise of the solo performer and um and i guess actually how sonography and other collaborators in the design field are all integral to this work that it takes a village (laughs) to make a performance and um while there might be one person on stage there's a whole team of people that kind of make that happen so um one of the performances we're showcasing really isn't able to be replicated it's a 24-hour durational work um, that's very specific um, technically so that's not something we're able to bring to pq um, two of the other performers will be doing uh, their work within the exhibit um, and a third performer we'd hoped to bring but unfortunately was unwell so okay sadly yeah two out of four okay and um, so one of the performances uh, so if, if can I just kind of give us yeah. a, a, a 
yep. a, a little brief version of what each is of the... Yeah, what yeah, each yeah. of the... So in the different, we've got four little curio cases, a really nice way to describe it. Um, and each of those contains some props, costume or other items related to that performance. So uh, in the first one next to us here, we have the second woman. Um, that's the 24 hour durational work that I spoke about um, in which a female performer repeats uh, one scene over and over again. Um, it's an interaction between a man and a woman and that's um, performed by 100 local men um, whenever it's performed somewhere. Um, volunteers, non-performers, uh, and what you get is this kind of quite mesmerising um, work that as an audience you can drop in and out of over that time period, sort of see this cumulative um, effect of repeating the same scene. Okay. Um, that's coming to BAM in New York next year and... Uh, the Young Vic in London, um, so that's toured quite widely in Australia and is continuing to tour. Okay. The case that we're leading on, uh, leaning on is a performer called Justin Shoulder and he'll be here next week performing. Um, he has some very strong costume collaborators, um, but essentially his performance has evolved from um, really being a club performer, actually. So a lot of his work and his acts are in... Um, you know, nightclubs, um, kind of electronic dance music scene. Okay. Um, and his practice has really grown out of that. So he does have kind of um, performances that he now full-length works that he'll perform in experimental theatre venues. Okay. But he still works really regularly as a club performer. Okay, so more yeah. performance art than... Yeah, more performance art, I guess, is, is the way you might okay. describe it than um, okay. theatre theatre. All right, so let's, um, let's walk... Let's walk over this way. Yep, let's walk over to the this third yep. case. So this is a beautiful Tongan Australian performer, a wonderful artist called Latai Tamopo. Um, she was unable to come with us. She's unwell at the moment. But her practice, um, in particular, there's three video works, one video work, three, three channels here that we're looking at. Um, this is a work where she does a sort of traditional dance from her Tongan homeland in a tank of water and the, the um, tank fills gradually throughout the performance but she continues to repeat the same motion okay. really a lot of her work looks at the effects of climate change and displacement on on people particularly with relation to her homeland and that's a really um you know australia has a very strong um relationship within the pacific we have a lot of australian um, pacific islander artists um like working in these fields okay one of her other performance works here, she actually, we were going to fill the box with glass bottles and she wears these sandals made of bricks and she slowly crushes the glass bottles till they're back down to a sort of fine powder. Okay. So again, probably sitting a little bit in that performance art right. uh, field and, and regularly doing stuff in visual art contexts as okay. well as, as theatres. This, this, this is fascinating because it's not only done in, in, in with material that is non-traditional, I mean... Not, I don't. Other than like Cirque du Soleil, which uses a big tank of water, I, I you know, it's not. They generally frown upon water on stage. Yeah, so yeah. She, she's yep. created a, a big self-contained. Yeah, a tank of water that she's performed in. This work is also sometimes presented in art galleries simply as a video work. Oh, okay. But she's also presented it as a performance oh, work. Oh, so as a live performance. Yeah, as a live performance. All right, uh, this might be a, a, a weird question, but. <laughs> How long is, does it take to get the, the, the tank filled from where she... Because if you're watching this video, yes. you see it where it's completely empty yes. and you watch it to yep. the point where now she's 
completely yeah, floating. Yeah, what have we got there? 30, oh. that's about 31 minutes. Okay. So, yeah, maybe, what do you think, 40? <laughs> I, I, I would guess because right yeah. now there's, there's not a whole lot of room there room for layer. her to, that's right. to, to stay afloat. And I suppose it would depend on the size of tank that you use, but okay. it's a nice sort of tight frame there okay she's working within yeah she's a really fantastic artist and um definitely one to watch okay in high demand and what is this one that looks like a big bowl of ketchup yeah it's a bowl of soup um so this is um the bowl of soup soup. that's right uh so this is performer moira finucane and she's been performing with us this week she'll be performing in half an hour's time again okay um so moira is a force of nature uh, an incredible kind of um charismatic performer that does a whole wide range of practice uh and works really strongly with a whole lot of artisans so her costuming her headwear um even things here like there's some golden beads in this case they are actually made from bullets uh that were melted down oh wow yep and uh, transformed. She works with a lot of, uh, you can see there's these porcelain icicles down here that are made by an artisan, biscuits made by her local baker that she gives out to audience members as prizes. So um, I think particularly in this exhibition when we're looking at um, what are all the kind of scenographic elements that are supporting that solo performer. She's a really great example of someone that is looking for the best artisans (laughs) in their field. Uh, you know, to realize her vision. Um, yeah. So, so um, part of the theme of the PQ event is imagination, memory, transformation, as well as the idea of uh, crossing borders. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel that that's represented? Yeah. Oh, look, I'd have to, I can't, you know, for Anna as curator of this exhibition, I mean, she and I discussed that a lot, and I think in many ways those are very big broad themes imagination transformation of memory and in essence we wanted to simply be led by the artists and look around at practice in our country and and look for either trends or connections and so for us there was this sort of joining the dots of going wow there's these really interesting performers working in these sort of blurring fields of performance art theater Mm. um uh, contemporary and experimental practice um, and that's sort of the direction that we wanted to showcase their work this is certainly not representative probably of mainstream practice in Australia it's, it's more to that experimental end is this uh, is this your first uh, presentation that you have worked on or it's the been... first that I've worked on Anna has curated Australia's exhibition uh, 2015 and, and now in 2019 okay. yeah and uh, uh... Outside of outside of your own yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> fabulous uh, exhi- exhi- exhibition, um, are there, has there been any that you've seen around here where you've been like, you know, surprised or that's interesting or just you you didn't know that was from that country, for example? Oh yeah, certainly. I think there's been a bit of that. I really enjoyed Cyprus okay. um, exhibition with the the, the sort of water. Oh, the, the, like the, 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 the desk yeah, where you yes, enter on either yes, side. Yes, I really, okay. really, really enjoyed that one. Um, and also, I think a crowd favourite is obviously Hungary's one where you pop your head up into the clouds. Oh, yeah. So yeah. enjoyable. The, 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 yes. It says, don't be an ostrich or something. Yeah, like don't that. be an ostrich. Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, but I think Cyprus is the one that sort of intrigued me and um, moved me somehow, I think. What is your. Uh, 
now you're, the, the, there was, there's a student exhibition from Australia. Yes. And uh, could you tell me a little bit, did you have any involvement with them? Or? Well, they work quite separately to our, well, not quite separately, but they work separately. Um, three different uh, schools from Australia have collaborated on that exhibition. I think one of the, uh, like, interesting things that's happened there is that they're freight, um, didn't arrive in time and they had quite a drama and so actually they assembled a kind of temporary exhibit for a short time until their freight arrived and it sounds like the temporary exhibit was quite a hit then caused a lot of debate about whether they should leave it there or bring their original work so um you know I I just talking to some of those students I think they've had a fantastic experience um and gotten great feedback both for their planned design and their unplanned design, which is, you know, I think just such a great learning experience there's, for there's, anyone. There's something about that happy accident mm. where all of a sudden you just... Totally agree. Necessity is the mother of invention and all of a sudden you make something and everyone's like, that's the most amazing yes. thing. Yeah, and I totally like, agree. That, that's our laundry. Yeah, <laughs> it's also great to learn as soon as possible that freight can go horribly wrong and coming from Australia <laughs> we yeah. we know that a lot we're always having to um, transport ourselves and things very long from, distances from what I understand yeah. it's, been, it's quite the journey to get from uh, Australia to here yeah but you know we're used to it <laughs> very strong and hearty yes that's right <laughs> so uh, before, before I let you go um, if you could uh, kind of sum up the experience and uh, whether or not um, how you know, um, if you would encourage people to, to, to come to, to PQ just as as visitors or as exhibitors or... Yeah, yeah, I think I definitely would. I mean, as my first PQ, I'm still trying to understand um, what it is because there's the sheer volume of things going on is really quite extraordinary. Um, and I'm here at the country's exhibition a lot. So I think there's a lot of stuff happening that I haven't even connected with. Okay. Um, but I would definitely recommend it to anyone. I mean, I think not just for design professionals, but anyone working in performance. There's a lot, lot of stuff to reflect on and enjoy. Okay. Yep. And um, if, uh, if people want to learn more about the Australian exhibition or the artist, where, where could they find oh, that information? It's so easy because we have a website and it's pqau.com.au. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, everyone's like, well, no, it has to be some really long typing and thing. No, 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 no. And you, you solved that problem. PQAU.com.au. Excellent. Easy for easy. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. And I hope you stay cool. Thank with your you. Cool, with your cool drinks. Thank you. I know Thank you, you. you said a lot. I did. I talked too much. Sorry. Talked too much. All right. It was enjoyable. Oh, thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, another episode of this, uh, this podcast. Today, I am sitting in the balcony of the main hall at the Industrial Palace for our PQ 2019, and I am surrounded by three lovely people. Um, if they would introduce themselves, uh, tell me who they are, where they're from, and uh, whether or not this is their first PQ, and what brought them to PQ. All right, we'll start over here. All right, so hi, my name is Afsun Pajufar, and I'm originally from Iran, but I'm currently working uh, and living, basically, in the States, and I just graduated from Boston University uh, in scenic design. Okay, and is this your first PQ? No, actually, this is my second time. I participated in 2015, sorry, and uh, also my work is in U.S. exhibition, and yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, and sitting to my immediate right is? Um, also, my, my name is Leila. I'm 
originally from Iran. I can unfortunately not speak uh, English very well, but I can understand. <laughs> It's absolutely, absolutely. So I'm working as a freelancer in visual art field. Okay. And my uh, my my main um, uh, focus is on painting. Okay. So when you painting like classical painting, uh, like you see in an art gallery, like the National Gallery, mm, like Chagall or Renoir or that type of fine art. Fine art, yes. Okay. I will studied fine art at Bauhaus University in okay. Germany. Okay. And this is your first PQ, yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And uh, here coaching us and, and helping <laughs> be the, the encourager. We do, we, we're just going to bother you for a moment and then I'll, 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 I'll leave the conversation with them. Could you please introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Freshi Rostampur. I'm a, a professor at uh, Auburn University in the U.S. Okay. Uh, been teaching for a very long time and uh, this is my fourth PQ. I always participated as I always exhibited, you know, selected in uh, different exhibitions. Uh, but this time I was honored to be one of the curators uh, for the U.S. National Exhibit. Okay, excellent. And it is, uh, is a, an interesting exhibit. Um, and what's different about it this year is that it's done in cooperation with some of the other countries, yes? Uh, yes, sort of. Okay, because yes. they talk about crossing borders. Yes, yes, and that's why uh, we are uh, situated between uh, the Canada and Mexico you know, in terms of you know, ge geographic location that it was set up. Okay. Uh, sort of that way, okay. yes. Yes. Excellent. And uh, are you a member of Oystad? Yes, of course. I've been a member of Oystad since 20... Uh, God, 20, uh, 2009. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Yes, I'm an associate member of Oystad, yes. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. So we encourage everybody to become a member of Oystad because you never know who you're going to meet and all the interesting people from around the world. Yes, of course. Excellent. Of course. So let's go back to our wonderful guests here. But first, so um, we had talked uh, actually previous um, about uh, what it is that you, uh, you, you do with uh, scenic or you consider yourself more a scenic designer or a scenographer? I consider more as an environment designer. An environment designer. And yeah. how do you define an environment designer? All right. I think uh, as a designer... Site-specific. Site-specific, yeah. As a designer... Uh, the first thing that I consider in my design process is to execute, I mean, basically to define a whole concept for the piece first, which I think bring all the collaborators together and define a language, I mean, vocabulary for everyone to be able, you know, to develop our design in every, I mean, every individual departments like lighting, costume, or scenic, so we'll be able to communicate our ideas in much more smoother or more clear way and uh, so I prefer to come up or to come in or, or define like some sort of concept or general concept concept for the whole piece with the director and the rest of the collaborators, and uh, then we'll then we'll execute that idea and then concept in terms of visual, like in scenic or in the space, all together in the best way to serve the story and to serve the performers on the stage also, and to communicate that idea and the story with the audience 
Okay. And so basically I believe defining a concept to create a space for the story to be told in that space is the most important part okay. of and the design. Now, is this, is this, these ideas and these concepts, is this something that when you went to uh, university mm -hmm. uh, in the States, was that something that you had already started to think about or was that something that was developed when you started your, uh, your studies at uh, Boston University at BU? Uh, surprisingly, when I started to study at Boston University, there, we, we didn't have that much classes or discussion about developing a concept behind the theater piece. For, for I mean, for a theater piece. But once I got to work with a collaborator, her name is Ashley Tada, and she's from New York. And I discovered the value of defining a concept for a piece and how it could work for, I mean, uh, for a product, not product, for a performance piece, uh, to everything worked together very well. I mean, in terms of lighting, costumes, scenic, everyone. Because we have like a mutual language or vocabulary to communicate our ideas. Uh, and and I, I, I discovered the value of the concept through working with, with Ashley Taylor, basically. Okay. Yeah. Do you consider her then a, a mentor? For your as you're moving forward, someone who inspires you, or someone you can ask questions, so that she you can help she can help you develop your your ideas or your your designs. I think we found some uh, we found each other and we understand each other. And she's not my mentor, but she's one of my best collaborators. Okay. And I think it's because the way that she received her training and her, I think her mentor is Anna Bogart at Columbia University. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think we understand each other okay. because I, I respect really point of view. I mean, Anna Bogart's point of view to how to make a theater piece. It doesn't matter to be a Polish final product on a stage. It's more about the process and you know, some sort of non-hierarchical either or like a creative process. Have, have, have you read Anne Bogart's book on viewpoints? Yes, of course. I read that for my thesis, basically. Okay. Yeah, and I have a section specifically I um, I wrote about that viewpoints, I mean the book by Anne Bogart, yeah. Okay. One of uh, one of Miss Bogart's uh, collaborators was, is a, was a director named Tina Landau. Right. And uh, uh, I've had the opportunity to see shows that have been directed by her. And I was wondering, have you, have you had the opportunity to, to see Viewpoints in Action? No, unfortunately not. And I know she just did a piece, I mean, Hands May Tale Opera okay. in Boston, but I didn't get to see that piece, but I was really excited to see it. Okay. Hopefully next time somewhere in New York, maybe, or somewhere else, I don't know. <laughs> do you, do you, so you're more uh, East Coast, New York based? Uh, I'm moving to New York in less than a month, and I'm going to be New York based, but I still, I feel like... I still need to work in Boston theater community and okay. just pay my share, some sort of. Sure. Since I graduated from school in Boston, maybe. Absolutely, yeah. giving back to the, yes. to the community. Yeah. So, with, uh, with, with all this ahead of you, what, uh, what would you say are some of the, the goals or things that you would like to achieve, other than you know, working regularly, obviously, and paying the bills, but... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. But what, what, what would you say is... Uh, something that you are looking forward to hopefully getting to someday so someday um, it's 
Okay, I'm currently working on to devise a piece by myself. Okay. So I know it's going to be a tough and rough <laughs> process, but I prefer to put myself in this situation and experiment like some sort of being a director and at the same time think about the space and being it I mean environmental or slash scenic designer okay and because you know most of the time that you're working with a team or with another director of course you cannot get to your whole ideas uh, you cannot get to do all your ideas and have it on a stage so uh, I want to create this opportunity for myself and to see how far I can get with my dreams. Mm -hmm. So that's my goal for probably for next year. Oh, only a year away. Wow, very ambitious. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you got you to set big, big goals. Yes. Big goals. So, so, yeah, I'm currently looking for a couple of pieces to adapt from them. Probably, I'm not sure because I'm a big fan of like Ingmar Bergman movies or Fastbinder. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to adapt a piece from one of their movies. Okay. And start looking for financial stuff, you know, it's a big deal. Everybody, um, that's the common denominator with every project. Yeah, of course. And definitely I can take advantage of some of my friends, some of my talented friends. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so. So now, now that you've had the experience of being here at the, at the PQ, right. is there anything in particular that has stood out to you, uh, in, whether it be a student exhibit, a national exhibit, or maybe a talk. Is there anything that you, you've experienced here that um, inspires you or, or gives you ideas? So since I have some sort of obsession with German theater. Okay, and this is, this is a pretty good place. I know, right, to start, right? Yep. <laughs> and so I got to see um, basically a piece created by Wolfsbunne com uh, Company in Berlin, uh, which Bert Newman... Um, he passed out, passed away, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, and his actual, I mean, the piece that he created is in one of these outdoor PQ exhibits. So once I got to literally experience that moment being in a space that created by one of my, you know, uh, what? Uh, one of my idol designers, thank you. There you go. So it was really, really inspiring to me and I could literally you know get that feeling from the space and how he created or how he thought even about the very very small details how to create this reflection with how these windows and mirrors work together it was really great that was really inspired me okay yeah so so um so once you're once you're settled in new york then it's going to be making lots of trips to germany to 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 Berlin. Berlin. To Berlin in particular. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have you traveled in Europe before, or is this the first time in this region? No, I have been to, obviously, uh, I mean, last PQ four years ago, and then I headed to Berlin right after that, and I'm going to do the same thing this year. Okay. Except I'm heading to Venice to go to the Biennale, and then I'll go to Berlin. It's going to be my last destination for this vacation. Wow. That's work. quite quite a lot of, uh, of traveling I know right <laughs> so I needed it <laughs> yeah I think I think we all need it I think and then all of a sudden we'll be wanting to get home yeah yeah well she just graduated so she needs to take some time and I agree relax I and then just get so feed her soul I guess with the art and the theater and these are probably the best places in the world to feed your soul theatrically 
I, yeah. fi- I find that uh, people like to rush into getting to the next thing and they don't necessarily take time to, you know, they put themselves through so much stress, so much stress, so much stress, and they don't, you, you know, you, there's that saying, you know, you know, if you don't stop once in a while and look around, you, you're going to miss right. what's happening. Sure. You know, you don't smell the roses, that, sure. that idea, you know. Um, but you don't want to do that too long because then you miss everything. Of course. Of course. So, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, a good question, but you've, you've answered my, my, my question so well and, uh, and very eloquently. Um, uh, oh, actually, I do. Actually, just something jumped into my head. Um, with, with the challenges and the way that you know, the world is, is, is changing and uh, we're getting so more connected to one another uh, and there's so much more information being passed around, um, what uh, do you find with there being too much information or do you find that it's great that there's more communication uh, amongst not only different people but different cultures and do you find that uh, inspiring or do you... Uh... Of course, I found it really inspiring and helpful. Okay. Yeah, of course, because basically the whole purpose by doing a theater or creating a theater piece is to communicate ideas or our, I mean, our, I mean, human society's issues to each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I think being more in touch with other cultures or other other region in the world, of course, it works to the benefit of the theater. Okay. Yeah. 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 If uh, now there's there's going to be people that are going to listen to this who uh, uh, are from all walks of life and around the world. Um, if you had an opportunity to to say something to them, um, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything like, oh, this is the most inspiring speech ever. But you know you. Use your opportunity to be like, this is how I feel about this particular thing, and I wish more people knew about it, or I wish this would change. Um, that's a tough question. Uh, I wish, I wish we as a people, doesn't matter what nationality from, we expand our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And spend more time to read maybe more traditional, I mean, media like books, newspaper, or magazine, as opposed to spending more time on applications that give you some information that they're not necessarily factual or they're basically coming from some fake media, not fake medias, but medias that they are trying to exaggerate or give us some extreme information, which is not necessarily true about. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I'm interested to do first, me as an artist, as a person in the world, and then I recommend for all human beings around the world. <laughs> so, so get off your computers and your apps and talk to people and have yeah. a little bit more one-on-one or personal communication. Yeah, if you're stuck with all the application or all the gadgets that companies, big companies provide us, if you get stuck with them, so many consequences is going to bring into our human life. Okay. From In terms of economy, politics, you know, so many other consequences. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for uh, yeah, having, having this time. 
Um, I know we're all very busy. I know. We're getting an opportunity just to sit down and, and relax a little bit. So I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to meet everyone that uh, was sitting here at this uh, at this table. And uh, let's go uh, let's go relax a little bit and enjoy the rest yeah. of the day. Thank you, Richard. Thank it's you. It's a nice job. Yep. Thank you. So here we are uh, with another uh, representative from another one of the national exhibits. Uh, this time uh, I'm speaking with a representative from the national exhibit for Ireland. Could you please introduce yourself? Hi guys, uh, my name is Porig O'Grady. I work for the Irish exhibit here. Um, we are doing a VR immersive media piece. And um, I had the opportunity to experience this immersive piece and I must tell you, I, I don't quite have the vocabulary, well, to, to, to describe what I saw, um, because it's just not a, a, a venue of, uh, I, 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 even now I can't even figure out how to, to describe it, but uh, just to, to be in that uh, environment. So could you kind of uh, describe uh, what, the, what the experience is and how you came about with developing this to, as an exhibit? Okay, so what it is, is it's a collaboration between seven different Irish designers under the creation of uh, an Irish director known as Joe Mangan that's collaborating with the virtual media team I work with, which is called Retinize. So the curator put out a call to Irish designers to want them to explore the theme of design and destroy, which is how in theatre sets are built for only a single show and then torn down. They're not stored, they're not recycled because no one really has the time or money involved. And we're trying to be, as the world moves, being more environmentally friendly, more eco ecologically aware. That's something that we have to address. So this piece explores that theme using virtual reality. It means we can use, go to an actual theater, film the sets, and then bring them with us around the world. We don't need to have a massive carbon footprint. We can, and we can show it over and over again. We can display our shows to anyone. We can send the files and they can watch them. It lets us sort of create a piece that shows off the full scope of Irish design with a much lower impact. And it also lets us study sort of the different ways that digital media and evolving sort of virtual media and virtual reality can be used in theatre. And we don't have the intention, as some people think, of removing theatre exactly. We want this to be an ally to theatre to help theatre grow as a medium. Okay. One of the, the things that I have been exposed to since coming here was two is there's three different types of realities. There's virtual reality, augmented reality, and I, I there's a there's one that starts with M and it doesn't quite, I can't quite think of it. Um, so what I experienced was virtual reality? Mm -hmm. Yes, virtual reality. Okay, so what, what, what qualifies as virtual reality? So virtual reality, what qualifies that is where you're taken to a completely yeah. new plane of existence almost. When you put on the headset, mm -hmm. you're no longer where you are. You're in, your, in your field of vision, you're somewhere completely different. So for this, everything was filmed in Ireland. So our film has taken you to Ireland and shown you exactly what we recorded. Okay. Of course, there are some digital effects, transitions put in place to guide you through the piece, but effectively virtual reality takes you from the place you are now and puts you somewhere else. Whereas stuff like augmented reality takes your surroundings and then changes them with a digital overlay. Okay, because I know in the, the 360Q, I guess that would be then augmented reality because there they put you into the same room that you're in, but mm -hmm. they've altered it in such a way so the room disappears over time as you're going along where you as, as you said I'm dropped into a completely new yeah. new place mm -hmm. so um, the, so I, I mean I, I don't I don't know if I'm giving spoilers away or if it's if it's one of those things <laughs> or if this is like spoiler alert but um, but 
the opening sequence is you're in a uh, what looks like a, a studio or a, like a, a drawing room, mm -hmm. um, and you're listening to a, a gentleman who is talking about design. Yes. Uh, and things like that. So, uh, and then you move from there into a uh, a small black box theater. Yes. And then from there you go into the actual studio of of like the artist's studio. Yeah. And then from there you back into the. The, the parlor that you were that yes, you're in, yeah, yeah. but but in but at the end he's um, destroying he's the he's burning his work. Yes. He's burning his work. Um, how does this work? How does the, the sequence of events work with the the theme that you were you're you're trying to express? So the sequence of events sort of shows us sort of so when you initially arrive, it's a lighting designer, and we're we're in his home in his living room, and he's talking about his passion, which is lighting design. He's talking how these designs they don't last forever they're almost ethereal especially when it comes to light like lights not physical it's something that you just you see it almost it's right it comes it disappears it's never really there it talks about his work and then we go from his home theater where he's talking about the idea of a piece mm -hmm. and then we cut to the actual black box theater we're in this we're in the production and you're seeing a piece of work we've moved from the theory to the realism and then we go into the studio we, we see where the piece come from where those ideas respond mm -hmm. and then we move from there back into the sitting room where the ideas are being destroyed we've gone the whole circle we've gone from birth to death okay. so that's sort of the theme of the piece it shows you the idea of where it came from the piece itself mm -hmm. the the conception the birth of the piece where the models were made where ideas were thought where people sat down and had discussions where people went through iterations and iterations and then we see the death of all of that we see it all burnt away into ash so the the from so the the way that you planned this out is it planned out like a uh, like a film where you have these are the shots and this is how it's storyboarded out or is it, I mean is there a, did, did someone write a script and say this is the story we're going to tell how did how did the the, the process come about uh, this process was a lot more fluid than that basically we we agreed on a, a filming period with the designers mm -hmm. like who had been chosen to be on in on this piece and then we just went to them we're like we want to see what it is you do we want you to talk just to us at length and we're just going to film the whole conversation. We're going to see what bits like really speak to the piece. So for John, that was a 15, 20 minute conversation between our curator and him okay. on diff all different topics of lighting, set, theater design, like the whole scope of the piece. And it was just that one 30 second piece that we felt that would be a beautiful introduction to the piece. Okay. We didn't have, we knew the theme we wanted to portray. But we had no set schedule of who would be first, where we would start from, where we would go. We filmed our piece. We let our designers speak for themselves. We let mm -hmm. our director show us what she wanted. And then once we had all that together, we all sat down together and goes, what do we like with this? How can we pull our, like, all these different threads we want out of this single mass and create like a really nice piece that sort of flows but gives us the idea to the viewer of what we're trying to achieve? I've heard, I've heard many times that uh, films are made in the editing room. And how much how much editing uh, did did this piece go through? And um, in the end, I mean, how did it differ from this conversation mm -hmm. that you had with a lot of the people in the room? Yeah, of course. There's like you're right. Fil films are made in the editing room. If you ever see a film with all this the raw footage put in, it is one far too long mm -hmm. and full of things that will, that will never make it in. So this there was quite an intensive set of editing here over the last. And we were still editing this until the day I left oh. to bring it all to Prague. Oh, wow. So it was probably an intense... We did the edit over probably a, four, a three to four week period. 
and me and the other editor in a very very intense burst going back and forth constantly over and over and over again but sorry i'm sorry just being distracted there that's um, okay that's the joy of doing this there's joy doing it outside yeah, when yeah. everyone's around but yeah no and there was about i think we're on the final version was basically the four, 14th version of the edit okay originally the piece was much longer we watched it and it was of course it was much rougher than we were this is too long this i like it but it's too, it's too long for a lot of people this is their first ever venture into virtual reality okay. we've shown probably 2500 people this piece already throughout the quadrennial so for us we're like that's too long people will they're not going to want to watch that it can be some people can find it a little bit uncomfortable to watch something for that long so we have to shorten it drastically and we probably half the length from edit one to edit two okay so then we sort of found it even though we didn't like how the footage was sitting like this is the length we want we were going between six and seven minutes and a clock and it just below six thirty nine. Mm-hmm. and then it was back and forth between myself the other editor uh, the director some of the designers the input back and forth conversations on skype via email people going what if we did this and then of course we had our signed a sound designer who was working alongside us trying to compose a unique piece mm-hmm. of music and vocals for this so yeah, there was no there was no script or anything but for him it was like all but making the atmosphere really pull people in so the editing was pretty intense there was days where like we're going to be here till this is finished and it was midnight 1 a.m 2 a.m mm-hmm. not not too often but every now and then one of the things about virtual reality is you work with massive huge file sizes and then rendering it out requires really powerful computers so we frequently encountered computer crashes much more than you would with traditional animation or traditional filming uh you have to create your own proxy files of just abysmal resolutions and just picture what the real high quality file will look like because the computer simply can't process when you're working at resolutions that high so for a lot of the for us in the editing we'll watch all of the raw footage we'll see where people want to start making cuts and then we'll create proxies of all of that very low res versions because we know what the footage will look like at the end and have to rely that everyone will trust that we know what we're doing that we can then take all what we've done with these proxies and we'll just apply it to the raw footage and we'll get the exact same piece by that beautiful quality that you need for your final output so how, how much uh, outside expertise did you bring in because there's, there's always something that mm-hmm. you know you just can't answer um, whether it be just computing power, something about the computing or something about the rendering. I clearly am not an expert on, on mm-hmm. any of that business, so I would be searching for, for someone. Um, who are, who are, would you say, did you bring in a lot of outside so assistance? So for this, so I work for a company which is that what we make our virtual reality films and augmented reality experiences. Oh, so you already have So a... we had a team in place. That's why we are, were the virtual reality collaborators for this. Okay. We had everyone we need to. for the, So I do the editing. We had an animator. We had a guy experience with uh, programming and rendering and okay. boosting the computer when it needed just that little kick to get it over the hill, mm-hmm. overclocking it. So we had everyone we needed already as a technical team. So that's why we were the technical collaborators for this piece because we had the proven history and the proven track record that shows we can make this piece for you we, we have the technical abilities we have the staff mm-hmm. we have the experts here to be able to do this in-house and as quickly as possible so we don't have to go outside we don't have to ex- have that increased expense of bringing in freelancers we have everyone we need here and we have all that expertise over so some of them having gained expertise over the last 30 years being the first people to transition into the virtual sphere is this is this the first piece you've uh, brought to, to pq this is the first piece i brought to pq yeah i've only been sort of working in this sort of sphere for really the last sort of two or three years okay so i wasn't i wasn't around for the last pq okay um what do you see as the future um applications 
for for this type of, of media because it seems you, even from the last PQ um, in 2015 you didn't have as much virtual technology mm -hmm. it just you know even in four years time there's been many leaps in in the not only the um, the usage of it but probably the accessibility for it it's be, it's come down in maybe price or, or something to yeah. get into Ma the massively user's massively like for me headsets are just the most recent versions are coming out now and they are strides ahead of even what we're what people are displaying on here mm -hmm. i've tried the most recent headset that's just come out and it is once it's got its last few little kinks and bugs worked out it's going to be a very powerful piece of technology and of course in four years time it'll be absolutely obsolete we'll have moved past that so for me the the prospect is growth and only growth and for, i can really see this being used to help people in performance where you can film yourself in vr and then you can go back and go because if a director wants to go in they have to interrupt the performance they have if they get on stage the actors maybe can be put out of sync mm -hmm. if you can film it then the director can just walk through the piece and go mm -hmm. maybe i'm going to change this maybe i'm going to change that okay that can help with the performance and then for us if we create a virtual theater a lighting designer can come in and go okay making this piece and just pull from the ether a little bit light there i'll focus it here i'll put this here i'll put this here and they can light all their scenes purely in the virtual and go okay i like this and then they can finalize all their lighting before they buy a single light so there's no okay we bought these lights but actually we're going to go with these and we're going to have to get rid of these now so we can sort of help improve that we can help people begin to experiment with lighting in ways they couldn't before because before they had to have physical accessibility people mm -hmm. can now experiment and go that's well that's that's awesome let's do that next time mm -hmm. people can experiment they can use it for research development they can create experiences that they wouldn't be able to create normally because it takes so much development to get there in the virtual sphere you just save it you move on you save it you move on you don't like it you delete it's fresh you're not losing anything physical or tangible okay if uh if people want to start to be introduced into this type of of work and this type mm -hmm. of material um what what is a, a good entry point for for someone is it come and see a, a display and then go look something up online or or take a class or how would you recommend people get more so, knowledge about what this is personally i sort of fell backwards into this role i've always been interested in filming and making films uh -huh. and then it was just one day for, uh the friend of mine the technical director of my company goes would you like to come and work? And like just for on one shoot, I need a second pair of hands to come and work the camera. You've taken films before, you've done a bit of like traditional filmmaking for companies before. Like I know you can work a camera, work the gear. So if you want to come along just and have a, just I need an extra person. So that was my sort of first foray into it. Mm -hmm. And that is not the most usual way. It's very rare that you'll meet someone who is a, someone like that. But for other people coming in, like the media, this, this industry is growing. We're hiring new people pretty constantly now. I say, one, come and see and try some VR. And if you're put off the first time, and you're, maybe you feel a little bit nauseous, feel uncomfortable, don't let that put you off VR completely. Come back, try different headsets, try different types. There's gaming, there's music, there's completely immersive. You can go underwater in some of these. Like I've done underwater VR filming. And I've taken people to do this under, to see. Good morning. I've taken people who, they can no longer, they can't go to these places, they're physically enabled. And you can take them underwater, you can make them feel like they're flying. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what really makes it is you can give people these experiences that they can never have. Mm -hmm. So for me, it'd be like, come try VR and don't just try it once, try different types, show types. Get out there, make just traditional videos, get used to sort of doing editing and doing like post production, a little bit of digital painting. And if you get the chance just to play about with a VR camera, they're coming down in price. 
so much more now. Okay. Like the the new one of the new GoPros. It's not 3D VR, but it is VR. Like anyone can get it. It stitches itself. You don't need to learn complicated stitching software yet. You can get a good feel for VR mm -hmm. relatively easy now and relatively cheaply. So come try it. If you think it's something for you, maybe see if you can get hold of a cheap secondhand VR camera and just have a go. Develop your skills in that area. Learn how to edit. Learn how to become a good editor. YouTube is amazing for learning how to edit. If you actually see a really nice style, like, I wonder how he did that. Someone on YouTube is probably going to do a tutorial. And if not, be that person. Find out, do the tutorial, because someone else is going to want to learn from you. So yeah, that's what I would suggest. Like, get out there, get the experience, do a bit of filmmaking, even if it's only like traditional 2D to start. That is the best way to do it. It's like practical experience. Okay. Um, will this, uh, will this um, experience have a future life after this? Or is it once, it's, once this event is done, it's, it's on to the next project? Well, unfortunately, that's not my call, but I really hope that this goes on okay. and gets shown like it's it's something that's easily transported. All, like, all the headsets we have, uh -huh. single suitcase. Like, it's not, doesn't need a lot of storage, doesn't need anywhere to go. Okay. Just put it in a corner room. I'm really hoping that this this film goes out into the wider world and other uh -huh. people get to experience it. For me, I'm going to take a few months out. I've been working pretty hard, but then <laughs> it'll be back in September on the new projects, hopefully. If people want to learn more about your work and, or the company that you work for, uh, where do they go find it? So I work for a company called Retinize in Belfast. So if you just Google search Retinize Belfast, that should come up. R-E-T-I-N-I-Z-E. -E. And then the stage and theater, that's the I-S-S-S-D.org. And I'll give you information about the designers, the curator, and the piece we're making here. Great. And uh, one last thing. Um, seeing as you've had the opportunity, this is your first PQ, how would you uh, describe uh, the experience? And have you seen something here that uh, you hadn't seen before? The PQ has been, it's been a crazy experience. There's some stuff here I see, I'm like, I, I don't understand what's going on, but the thing that's so good about it is like, I don't get that. You can just walk over and someone is there to go, oh, well, this is the theme of my piece. This is what I'm trying to achieve. And like, it makes perfect sense. It's really good. Uh, for the pieces I've really enjoyed, it was the Hungarian display. Okay. It's very hard to explain. If I would just say, if after this, just Google Hung Hungary PQ 2019 and hopefully there's something online about it. Okay. But if you are here, definitely experience it. Hungary is amazing. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for your time. No problem at all. Like, it's been a pleasure. Like I said, it was an amazing experience. Um, I look forward to more of this and just to have my virtual reality mind blown again. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, man. No problem at all. Thank you very much. So hello, everyone. Once again, I am standing here in the national exhibit of PQ 2019, and I have been joined by some representatives of the Taiwan uh, national exhibit. Um, if you could just uh, introduce yourself and uh, whether or not this is your first PQ and uh, your experience so far at PQ. Just maybe a, a, just a quick sentence or two. Okay, uh, it's my first working day in PQ, but before that, I, I always, because my major was in theater, and lots of my friends, they really want to go here to Prague to have an exhibition here, but because I study in Prague, so now I have a chance to uh, to actually work in here. It's, yeah, very honored. Okay, and what's your name? Uh, Chen Yi. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and this young lady to my left. Uh, hi, I'm a, a citizen of the Taiwan National Exhibitions. Uh, sorry. No, that's okay. What's your name? I'm Jen. Okay. Yeah. Is this your first PQ? Uh, no, I came four years ago, but I'm just visit now. I'm as a assistant to PQ this year. Okay. 
And as, as the assistant to the PQ uh, curator, um, what, was, uh, what was your job? Um, handling anything. Uh. So what we're looking at is, uh, is a big square yes. that has earth and dirt and a, and a, and a building in it. Yes. Did you, did, you have, uh, did you collect these items or organize the collection of these items? Yes, I help a lot. We have a scene design, so mm -hmm. we we help he to do this. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a copy of a real scene in Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. It says here, um, we're looking at the, the, the book and it says about invisible or island invisible. Yes. And what is the, what is the actual uh, Taiwanese name of, of this? Uh, the place called Yunling Kohu Shi Di. Okay. Yeah. Um, because we are mostly talking about environment issues and some political issues. Okay. Uh, we use a virtual way to do our exhibition. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I see as you, as you walk around, there's a... QR code? A, a little QR code that you scan. And when you scan it, it shows you a virtual 3D of the space? Yes, you will get our app and our story. And we use a traditional folk song to tell a story. Okay. So you can see the image and hear a story and walk around all the exhibition hall. Okay. What is the what is the name of the song that's used? Oh, we created a whole new song, so there, it has no names. Okay. <laughs> so it is yet to be named. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So from when the idea was first started to the realization of this project, how long uh, was the process? Uh, six months? Three months? A year? Uh, if, if it started from idea, it take us about one year. Okay. And for AR technological problems, we, we do it about six months ago. Yeah. Okay. Now, are you a, you're a student in Taiwan? I already graduated. Okay. Yes. And what did you study? I majored in scene design. Scene design? Yes. Okay. Do you have a, a particular, uh, I don't know, something that inspires you, that makes you want to design? Um, it's to make some imaging transform to a true things and, and get a touch with many people. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, are you working on any projects of your own now? Um, no, sorry. <laughs> no, not yet? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, you said you graduated. Yes. Do you, uh, do you have a, uh, a professional website where people can see your work? Sorry, I haven't. No? Oh, no. okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. That's okay. That's okay. So, um, other than uh, seeing your own exhibit, has there been another exhibit that you've seen that you liked very much? Um, actually, I'm here for introduce our exhibition. I haven't have a holiday to ex explore all of the exhibitions. Oh, <laughs> so you're missing out. Yeah. All right. If you, uh, what, uh, what is something, uh, what, okay, how about this? Let me ask you this question. Okay. If you had the, uh, the opportunity, well, uh, there's national exhibits and student exhibits. Where would you start first? Student exhibits. Student exhibitions. Yeah. And why the students? Because uh, when everyone's prepared for the exhibition, uh -huh. I see the students' part have the, so much power. They are all in it. I mean, so exciting to see how they work and how they done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
do you have a, a particular teacher or uh, mentor that uh, inspires you to, 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 to be a designer? Um, Did you have a teacher at school that you really liked? Yeah, it's just a curator I'm, I'm working what, with now. What is the curator's name? Uh, Wang Yisheng. Wang Yisheng. Yes. Okay. He's our curator. Okay. And he is one of the teachers at the school? Yes. Okay. And he what? He uh, mostly doing some uh, projection for theater. Okay. Yeah. And again, what's the name of the school? Uh, TNUA, Taipei National University of the Arts. Okay. Yeah. Did, I have had the opportunity to visit that school, but that was at World Stage Design. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a beautiful campus. It's a beautiful school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you just graduated from there. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Do you uh, do you look forward to doing more work uh, in uh, in Taiwan? Yes. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna travel abroad? Yes, yeah, sure. And I want to travel uh, countries around here. Okay, in Europe. Yes. Okay, if you could uh, pick a country that you would like to go to first, where, which country would that be? Uh, German. Germany. Germany. Okay. And why Germany? I like they how they do their alphabets together. Really. The, the words looks interesting. Okay, <laughs> that's that's a good reason to go. <laughs> That's a good reason to go. Curiosity is a, is a, is a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's a really amazing thing. That and the use of one's imagination. It's imagination. Yes. So um, for your friends yeah. who couldn't make the trip and, uh, or are people who, uh, who are going to listen to this and who uh, aren't here because they don't know anything about, about, uh, about this project, what would you like to say to them about uh, the experience here? Um. I think we we do a great job to tell a story. Even if it's in a virtual way, you will feel it to a real real thing. So, and it, it has a beautiful songs too. So, I, I want to invite everyone to our here to experience our project. Okay, and uh, the, your your school. Yeah. Um, uh, what what makes your school the best school in the world? Um. I think it's a classmates. We okay. work together and and have many conversations about art, about design, and to make our brand more creative. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody wants to find the the school on the on, online, yeah. What what do they have to look for? T N U A. T N U A dot com, or is it a slightly different? I don't really sure the, the website, okay. uh, but if you search TNUA, you will get it. TNUA Taiwan, like that. Okay, great, great. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you for your explanations. Thank you very um, much. Uh, and I look forward to enjoying more of this, uh, this Island exhibition. Island Invisible. Island Invisible. Yes. From June 6th to June 16th, 2019, here in the Industrial Palace, in the right wing. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hello everyone, I, this is Richard and I am standing here with Meg and Meg is part of the New Zealand uh, National Exhibition here at the Prague Quadrennial 2019. That is a lot to say. <laughs> it is, yeah. And uh, Miss Meg, 
um, what is your part in this uh, presentation that we have here today and is this your first PQ? Sure, um, this is not my first PQ, this is my third PQ. So um, I presented work as a student in 2007 and then in the national exhibition last time in 2015 and then I'm a presenting artist in 2019 and the curator of the emerging designers for New Zealand. Excellent, yeah. excellent. So can you, uh, so we're standing here, we're near one of the entrances and what we have here looks like not only like sailing ships, um, there's things that you can put your uh, eyes to, like they have virtual reality or is it augmented reality? They have virtual reality okay. objects. And can you just kind of give us uh, and the listener kind of a, a basic idea of what, the, uh, what we are seeing here? Sure. Um, uh, so we are from New Zealand and um, the Māori people who are the um, indigenous people of New Zealand um, sailed to um, the country long before um, it was colonised and they sailed on waka that um, were designed to travel across vast um, amounts of ocean and so what we wanted to do was take this idea of um, the waka as a vessel that is also an open space that's travelling across something that's not usually considered land so we have a series of um, forms that are around that that house um, the different works by um, the artists who are presenting here um, there's these large sails that would have been put up to um, to, I guess, make use of the wind. Um, what else would you like? To, what else could I say well, about it? Well, let's, uh, which piece is yours in particular that you have here? Um, mine is uh, just in the far end over there. Okay, well, let's what, walk over there. Sure. Let's go take a look. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is a wandering podcast. So we are coming up to uh, what looks like a, a black box that has a VR headset to it. And what is the uh, the experience here? Sure. Um, so the the black box is the is a scaled down version of the actual theatre that um, the performance work that is being shown was um, made in, and um, there is a, a animated version of, of the opening sequence that we made um, using a program called Unity. Um, and then you can go 360 degrees around the space in the VR world and at the, towards the back of. Um, uh, the space is uh, footage of the actual production that you can see. So what made you decide to do this particular type of presentation? Uh, so we we were selected as artists to be part of the uh, New Zealand exhibition and you had to um, you had to pitch something that would deal with the fact that we were in a very well-lit space and um, some sort of way of capturing an element of uh, the performance given that we couldn't Yes, uh, redo the live thing, and also um, this my performance specifically is very heavily projection based. So um, the VR experience, we were hoping through using this scaled object that you might get the sense that you were sitting in the middle of the audience. And um, much of the production is about engaging your peripheral vision, and um, a 360 degree VR experience enables you to 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 do that. Now you you now you said that your your presentation was very projection based. Are you a Projection designer, or, or what? What is your specific, say, like design field? Sure, um, I would call myself a performance designer for this particular um, project. I um, was the co-director and co-performance designer for it. I work mostly in um, live art and experimental theatre as a video and projection artist, and also as a, I guess, traditionally you would call me maybe a sonographer. 
But um, in New Zealand, it's very small, and we tend to do all sorts of things. So I also um, work in a public installation um, and uh, sometimes in the more fine arts spaces. Had you had any prior experience to creating something that was virtual reality? Uh, no, no, I didn't. But so this is, a, I guess, like a, a representation of the work. So we didn't originally envisage that it would be um, have a virtual reality component, um, but I worked with another uh, artist to make the to make the VR okay. world. So from from beginning to what we have here, yeah. is it was it a year long process? Was it six months? Uh, from the like when the production was on. Well, you, so you had to you, you submitted your work to be here at the PQ, yes. and you I'm, now this is a total guess had an idea of how you were going to present it, and did someone suggest we'll we'll do it this way virtually, or was it something that uh, just was something that was already in your head and said, this is how I'm going to do it? Um, uh, Stuart Foster, who's the um, convener and the overall curator for the New Zealand National Exhibition, wanted to engage with VR as a way of um, representing performance. So okay. that was pitched at us um, as, a, as one mode of, of showing our work. And then there was interpretation for us as to how that might actually exist. Um, and this is about maybe two or three months' worth of work from somebody to make the VR space. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so right now we're, we're, we're kind of uh, hoping to catch Stuart. Uh, he's in the midst of, uh, of showing uh, uh, someone, uh, a visitor, one of the, uh, the experiences. Um, as we look at it from, from where we are, it's, uh, it's another headset, but this one has, um, I don't know what's the best way to describe it. It's kind of like a, a bands. Big, yeah, big prongs. Something like that with little black balls on the end, but it's something that you hold up to your face. And if you're not careful, you might whack the, the person uh, to the left or your right of you because it's about, what, a meter, meter and a half long? Yeah, about 1.2. Okay. Um, the idea with these objects is that um, they, they would invite you to engage with the VR experience um, uh, by positioning your body in a, in a particular way. So with the one that you just described, you can hold out right on the edges of it and then it becomes quite weighty and then when you look up you sort of feel the weight of the VR on your head which is obviously quite different to when it's just a headset and you're sort of seated. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're now joined by uh, uh, Stuart. Um, what, can you just tell the audience your full name, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm Stu, uh, Stuart Foster. So okay. I'm All one right. of the curators for the National Exhibition. Okay. And, uh, and you have uh, helped bring this whole experience together? Yeah, yeah. Cur- curated it together as a series of different different pieces, and you can see we have a variety of different kind of technologies from analog to digital, um, and uh, it's all based upon the the waka, which is a which is a, a vessel, a voyaging vessel. Okay. Um, and uh, we we think about each of these pieces, which is contained in here, as being a vessel in itself. All right. So. You can see some of the interactions in relation to, to the VR objects that we have here. We think about them as being containers as well. Okay. And we've really tried to explore the idea of the, of the object of the VR being when uh, someone engages with that environment, they become a performer in the space themselves. Okay. So rather than just putting on a headset, they actually activate the space and become become a performer so of the So instead of just being a, uh, an observer, they're a participant. Yeah, absolutely. So you can see this happening here across from us now. There's uh, Daniel Beltonwork Astrolab 
um, the the person that's observing that they're, they're making space the the digital space has been extended beyond them uh, through the act of wearing this this mask which has kind of extended kind of um, rods yeah okay so, yeah. Um, you said that there is a mixture of analog digital and uh, the, the virtual mm-hmm. um, why, why the three three uh, mediums in particular as opposed to just say all digital or all virtual I, I think would be kind of um, naive to, to, to think that you could put everything into into, into one basket and, and, and the practice of people people here is diverse in the, in the fact that they don't necessarily work in, in digital technologies, they work in analogue ways. Mm-hmm. Meg Rolandi's work is a good example of thinking about how you can take an existing work which was based in a, um, a black box theatre and how do you translate that into an environment like we're standing in right now. Okay. Uh, and so VR has been um, uh, been a vehicle to facilitate a representation of that work um, to get a sense of what it felt like to, to be in in the show actual fact. Okay. Because yeah. I, I know that I've seen, at least I know I'm particularly drawn to the what, what is just right here behind us, or in front of me, mm-hmm. is, a, uh, is a light box that you put your head through mm-hmm. and you see and it's light and there's an object inside of it and you on the outside, as an observer, you can see the, the shadow of it, um, which I find that, that fascinating. I, I, that's, that's what I'm typically drawn to. I mean, I like the screens and everything. I like being able to put stuff on. But when I see something that is already there, mm-hmm. I find, at least I find it drawn to it. What, um, what draws you uh, to, to, to some of these, uh, or maybe something that's out here on the floor? What, tend, what do you tend to kind of gravitate towards? Obviously, something that would throw up a, um, a question or some form of inquiry, rather than it being kind of, rather than being able to read something at face value. It's always nice to go, mm, okay, there's something going on there. So, so for a question to be put forward and for the um, for the desire to want to interrogate that work further, and um, that for me, that's what makes a powerful kind of exhibition here at PQ. Is there? Now, is there one of these that are, is your particular uh, your particular part of this, your presentation? Did you do one of the, the, the stations here? Um, well, I've, I've kind of touched all, all of the work in different in oh, different okay. ways as a as a designer, but I'm also involved in the process of um, developing Astro Lab here, which will premiere in December at the National Museum of Singapore. So this is a this is the first kind of place that we're just exploring the idea of the, the VR object and how the public engage with a 360 environment. Yeah. Have, uh, has, what, what's the feedback been like? Um, really positive. In fact, sometimes surprisingly kind of like, <laughs> really? Yeah. So we've had comments like, this is the best VR experience I've had at PQ, which I don't know, I haven't interrogated them to find out how many sure. experiences I've been through, but so far that's... That's a great thing. So something's come before that for them to be able to say that. Um, yeah, and we're really interested in, in the idea in this particular work of how do you choreograph the physical body through a virtual reality work. Yeah. Sorry, could you swap the colours for that one? What, no, which one? Oh, no, I might not. So, okay, yeah. as like all, like all things, uh, there's always challenges with uh, uh, exhibitions and things like that. Yeah. Um, we're, we're actually standing in the middle or near the end of one of them. So, so folks, if you hear in the background 
either different music or people talking or someone's coming up to, to ask questions, please, be, please understand that uh, we're doing this live to tape <laughs> as we speak. But before I let you go, I, I really appreciate your, your, your time and, and your insight. Um, was this your first PQ? This is this is my third PQ, so yeah. Okay, uh, your first as a curator, or have you been curating? I've been, I've, I've curated at different levels for the last three iterations, so yeah. Okay. If people want to learn more about this work or the work of uh, uh, the, the exhibit that you have coming up, where would they where would they go find it? NZPQ.info. Um, that's probably the best place to find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or or a simple kind of. You know, if you access uh, Massey University College of Creative Arts, you'll see a link to um, our profiles there and yeah, information about that too. Great, great. Well, Stuart, I want to thank you very okay, much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you, Todd. Miss Meg, I want to say thank you. Oh, no worries. Thank um, you. Uh, if people want to learn more about your work, um, how can they, uh, they find you? Do you have a website? I should have a website, but I don't. Um, on the Massey University website, there's some information about my work. Okay. Yeah, my, my name's Meg Rolandi, and you'll just search that. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much for Thank your time. You. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener-supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett 24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.